heard people ask, where will the next Silicon Valley be? The truth is, there won't be one. Each startup community is unique, and not even Silicon Valley could recreate itself. For startup communities to thrive, we can't simply replicate them as models. These are complex systems. I was recently having a chat about this with Brad Feld, someone who has personally helped me over the years. In 2013, I sent him a cold email and he responded within 30 minutes, advising me how to negotiate an equity refresher as a founder since I had been heavily diluted. On top of that, I actually read his book, Venture Deals, on my way to meetings to pitch investors in the Silicon Valley. I had no idea what I was doing when I went out to raise capital for the first time, and his book was a great resource. I'm planning on releasing my own book later on this year, and a lot of it is inspired by topics he has written about. In the middle of our call, I found what he was saying so fascinating, I asked him if I could hit the record button to share it with all of you. Brad wrote a book called Startup Communities back in 2012, and he is soon releasing a sequel called The Startup Community Way, where he and Ian Hathaway describe the properties of entrepreneurial ecosystems and how interactions affect prosperity. As it turns out, support, knowledge sharing, and collaboration go a long way. They're just as important as other resources. Building an environment with these characteristics helps us grow individually, and it continues to do so as we give back and create value for the whole, rather than the parts. I personally get a lot of inspiration from this thinking, and part of what I'm doing with Latitude is to elevate the startup ecosystem across Latin America. Brad is also the co-founder of Techstars, one of the first accelerators in the US, and runs the Foundry Group, his fund based in Boulder, Colorado. In this episode, he talks about why it is important for us to feed these ecosystems, and for you, the entrepreneur, to be an active participant in your local startup communities. My name is Brian Reckworth, and this is Latitude Podcast. this book on this framework of how complex systems work versus the two other primary types of systems are complicated and simple. (laughs) And uh, the definition is worth 60 seconds. A simple system uh, is making a cup of coffee. Um, You know, you have to follow a couple of steps, but you don't have to do them exactly right each time. But it's pretty straightforward. And there's different ways to make a cup of coffee. But like, you know, you, you need some beans, you need some water, you need a device to heat the water, you need a thing to filter the water through the beans, and you need a thing to catch that at the end, and you're done. Yeah. Um, you might need a thing to grind the beans if, you know, as, as well, but that's it. A complicated system is building, uh, building an airplane. Um, it has a, a rule book, and you've got to follow the rules, and it takes a long time to figure out how to build a 747. But once you figure out how to build a 747, you build it the same way over and over again. And so each a simple and a complicated system both have have recipes. Mm-hmm. The complicated system is just a much more complicated recipe. Yeah. A complex system doesn't have a recipe. Yeah. There isn't a set of rules to follow. There's a bunch of inputs and it happens over time. And the inputs generate outputs that become new inputs that generate outputs that become new inputs. And it's not just a single thread. You have all of these different things going on that are interacting with each other and colliding and generating new outputs that are generating new inputs. And you can do things as new inputs and you can do things as participants in that system. But the important thing that's going on is less about the people and more about the activities between them. And those activities are what's so powerful. And 
you know, we finished writing it just as COVID was happening. COVID is a complex system. Yes. Right. Um, and it's not just one. It's, it's, I actually, in the U.S., it's now four. It's uh, a complex system around health. Mm-hmm. Here's a big one. Fundamental part of COVID is that there's a two-week delay between your activity today and the outcome of your activity. Because yep. of how long it takes to interact with people that have the disease and then how long it takes the disease to incubate and then how long it takes to get measurements. So literally, if today I decided, fuck it, I'm not wearing a mask and I'm going out in public, I don't know what the implications of that are for two weeks. Human beings do not know how to deal with that. Oh, it's, it's better. I'm going out in public without a mask. Hey, I came home and I'm still not sick. All must be good. Things are better. Yeah. You know, even though like in 14 days, you might be totally fucked. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you as a person is not a person. It's a system. Is it, is it your community? Is it your family? Is it your community? Is it the people you come in contact with? Is it your state? Is it your country? Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, so we have that. We have an economic uh, crisis going on that's a complex system. Like in the U.S., who would have thought that the federal government would, would dispatch $3 trillion uh, in 45 days? Like nobody could have predicted that. No way. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. And does anybody know what that actually, what that means? Right? Nobody has any idea what the fuck that means. <laughs> never, never, right? never had that before. <laughs> right? The third one is um, mental health, which, you, you know, you, you talked about as being important to you. And, you know, we were not designed to sit in our houses 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And the fourth one in the U.S. is racial inequity, which is none of these are new. Like these are all things that are going on all the time. But like the collision of this complex system creates all of these other second order effects. Um, uh, and, you know, as a prof- my whole professional life has been around entrepreneurship and my, my emotional intellectual life has been a continual struggle between being able to do it from right here and having to drag my meat puppet all over the fucking planet, <laughs> exhausting myself and not being able to have the time and space and ability to think and engage with people because so much of the modality of everything is, is, is person to person. So I, could, uh, uh, I was made for uh, uh, remote work. Um, <laughs> I, 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 saw, was, I saw your place out there. It looks incredible, man, like this open space. Like, and Colorado is just so gorgeous, man. Right. Well, I'm in a perfect location for it, but I love to be home. I have, you know, because I'm in Colorado and I invest all around the U.S., I've had to learn how to be a remote worker already. Yeah. I made, I've historically made lots of investments without ever, uh, without physically meeting people in advance. I have for the last five or six years, I burnt out on travel. So I do most of my board meetings remote anyway. People come to Boulder, but I just do it remotely. Yeah. Um, and so I have evolved into a, a rhythm that is a very broad remote uh, engagement with all the different things I'm involved in. Um, at 54, I'm still happy to be involved as an investor. I'm still, you know, I invest through Foundry. I provide lots of uh, engagement with the companies that I've got there. But my aspirational goals for the next 20 years are much more around the change to society that entrepreneurship creates and doing that in a way that creates opportunity for everyone. Because I think that entrepreneurship is, is the grand democratizer and it's across all boundaries, right? Uh, geographic boundaries, gender boundaries, ethnic, racial boundaries, intellectual boundaries. And I love to be involved and help others enable what they want to do in the context of this idea of 
entrepreneurship really changing how our society works? This notion of entrepreneurial recycling is really important in the growth of startup communities. And I'll, I'm going to give you a very specific example. There's a lot of activity and there's some companies that get pretty meaningful, but there's something that holds the community back and you can't quite figure it out. Like it's not, it's not clear. It's, there's external people are like, eh, nothing's going on there. Uh, you know, you don't attract investors at the same level. People are not sort of, you know, they sort of stall, they get to a certain level. And then there's often this moment that's a tipping point kind of moment where a handful of companies have exits all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you generate a lot of wealth for founders, but you also generate a lot of wealth for, you know, early employees. And all of a sudden you've got a critical mass of people across more than one company mm-hmm. that have meaningful dollars that obviously allows them to live their life in a different way, but then turns into reinvestment in the startup community. Yeah. And when that tipping point happens, you see this big acceleration of activity. Yeah. Um, and it's, some of it is the money. Some of it is the people and the leadership. Some of it is, you know, people see their peers or their friends make, you know, a million bucks, 2 million bucks or 5 million bucks. And they weren't a founder and they're like, Holy shit. You mean this equity thing actually really works. Yeah. And then that collective group is now investing into the next wave of seed funds. And so the bolder version of that uh, was around 2013, 2014. So even in 2013, Whenever I talk to people, people would say, hey, oh, you can't build a big enough company in Colorado. Yeah. Um, you know, it's cute. You know, lots of startups, lots of little startups. Yeah, things get bought for 100 million bucks. Things get bought for 200 million bucks, but you just can't build a big thing. Yeah. And in, in a 12-month period, three companies had, had exits over a billion dollars. Uh, two of them went public. Zayo uh, was one of them. Rally Software, which actually Rally's exit in the end was a half a billion dollars. Um, but I think in their IPO, at some point, they were worth about a billion dollars. And that company called Data Logics got bought for a billion too by Oracle. But this happened all within 12 months. Yeah. And and Zayo today uh, just went private. They're $14 billion one private with that. So really substantial outcomes. The couple of years later example was SendGrid, which was one of the very early Techstars companies, was the first accelerator company to go public of any accelerator. Uh, and then uh, it got bought. Uh, two years later by Twilio for $3 billion. The wave had already started, right? So now you've got this wide range of people that are recycling into the startup community. And so if you think about that 2013, 2014, there's a big level up in Colorado and and Boulder and Denver all link, a big level up sort of in the 15, 16 timeframe. And then it got turbocharged again. And it got turbocharged again, not just because of SendGrid, but if you now look at all of the companies in the region that are, you know, billion dollar private companies, companies that are sort of at that scale, 500 employees, 1,000 employees, like just a long list of them. And yeah. so this, and if you look at the investors in those companies, yeah, some of them are local, but there's an awful lot of investors in those companies that, you know, are not Colorado investors. And so you, you have this phenomena where it starts to build on itself and you say, well, who are, the, who are the wave of leaders of that? Many of them are people like you, you know, that were the founders and the leaders of those companies who then continued to do whatever they did, right? Dan Caruso, who's still the chairman of Zayo and maybe the CEO of Zayo as well. I can't remember, I remember their titles, but Dan, you know, Dan is running his business that's now gone private again, but he's incredibly active uh, in the leadership as an investor, as a mentor, 
uh, involved in lots of different kinds of activities. He actually was the leader in bringing um, Endeavor Colorado or Endeavor to Colorado and awesome. so start, you know, on and on and on, right? Every city needs a lot of people like you in their city. Yeah. There's a word that, that I learned from John Hickenlooper, who's our governor for eight years in Colorado, now running for Senate. Hopefully he'll be our senator. I learned from him called topophilia. Topophilia. Okay. And topophilia is uh, literally stands for love of place. Yeah. And I didn't grow up in Colorado, but I've been here 25 years. I love this place. Yeah. You know, it's very interesting if you say, well, do you love America? Um, I would say I love the idea of being an American. <laughs> um, there are lots of parts of America I love, and there are lots of things about America I don't love. But geographically, the place that I love is Colorado. Yeah. And it's more than just Boulder now because of 25 years of being in a place and being woven in and, and you know, interwoven in, into it. And I like to try to figure out how I can not go lead in a bunch of other places, but support the thinking, support the energy and support the evolution uh, of a bunch of other places, frankly, in whatever way is useful to you, because I'll never learn your city the way you know your city. I'll never learn your community the way you know your community, but I can be a node on your network and extend into your community that way. And you can be a node on my network and extend my community that way. And the fact that we can now do it using this methodology, I can love it. Thank you for listening to the Latitude Podcast with Brad Feld, co-founder of Techstars and Foundry Group. Each week we'll be talking to great founders and investors like him. So be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and check out Latitude.com for more content on building, scaling, and raising venture capital. I'm your host, Brian Reckworth. Until next time. <laughs>